Okay, we're going to get started. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. On behalf of the U.S. Small Business Administration, we would like to welcome you to the New Mexico District Office Small Business Recovery and Resilience Webinar. My name is Mercedes Chavez, and I am the Outreach and Marketing Specialist for the SBA New Mexico District Office, and I will be your moderator for today's event. Today, we'll provide an overview of the PPP program and some enhancements to the CARES Act, as well as other programs SBA is administering related to provisions in the economic aid to hard-hit small businesses, nonprofits, Venue Act, and the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. This webinar will also include the latest information regarding the Restaurant Revitalization Fund. Speaking to you today, from the New Mexico District Office will be our Deputy District Director, Ivan Corrales, and Shelly Brown, our Lender Relations Specialist. Today's event is hosted on Microsoft Teams Live, and some quick notes for those not familiar with this platform. We do have closed captioning available. Um, if you click on the gear icon on the bottom right side of your screen to adjust your captioning options um, accordingly, to interact with us, there is a question and answer box available on the right side of your screen. This presentation will cover most of your questions. However, if you still feel you have questions during the event, please feel free to type them in the question and answer box and our team will respond to you by either typing in the chat or verbally during the question and answer section at the end of our presentation. If you are a member of the press, Information provided today is off the record and is intended for educational purposes. Reporters can contact our district office directly to schedule an interview. Information in this webinar is not intended to be legal or accounting advice. This is an educational overview of the information as we understand it at this time. Now I would like to turn it over to our Deputy District Director, Ivan Corrales. Thank you, Mercedes, and welcome. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the New Mexico District Office webinar. Um, I'd like to start with a little bit of information on our approved PPP lending. Um, since the beginning of our PPP, we have approved over nine and a half million applications and we have um, put out about $755 billion. Our um, loans approved just in 2021, we have 4.4 million approved loans, and the net dollars on that is $233 billion. So the money is getting out to our small businesses. Um, here in New Mexico, we have 14,397 loans for $1 billion and $30 million thus far this year. So in 2021, uh, with all the programs that are going on, which we're going to speak to here in a few minutes. We have uh, resource partners that can help you navigate all the different aspects of these programs. 
one of our resource partners is the Small Business Development Center. They have 18 centers across the state and they can help you with training and counseling and help you navigate the different aspects of these programs that we're about to talk about. Um, we also have the Women Business Center here in New Mexico. We have six of them and they're under the name of WEST, W-E-S-S-T. Um, they also have counseling and training. Here in Albuquerque, they also have an incubator and a technology center if you need to do a video or a YouTube video or a commercial, they can help you with that. Um, if you need to get a hold of any of our resource partners, they have a website and you can reach them, the Small Business Development Center at nmsbdc.org, west at wesst.org, and then score, s-c-o-r-e.org. SCORE is a volunteer organization and what they try to do is match you up with somebody that has been in the type of business that you're in. So you have real time counseling and training from a mentor that has actually done what you're about to do or doing and they can help you with training as well. All, all of these entities that we're talking about have the websites that actually list all the trainings that they do um, and you can sign up right on their website. We also have the Veteran Business Outreach Center and you can reach them at nmvboc.org and they help veterans, small businesses and their um, family members to start and grow businesses. They also do trainings um, at all three of the Air Force bases here in New Mexico. Quarterly, they're doing Boots to Business, uh, two-day seminars that talk to starting a business and all the aspects about business ownership. Um, of course, it's wave tops, but it does give you an understanding for our military members that are transitioning from the military to civilian life. Um, the Veteran Business Outreach Center also does Boots to Business Reboot, which is for veterans, people that have already transitioned out of the military, and they do them periodically. If you think you can benefit from a Veteran Business Outreach Center, uh, taking one of their classes, you can reach out to them. Again, go to their websites, and once you're on their websites, you can get contact information for a local resource partner near you. All of them are here to help you, as well as the uh, New Mexico District Office, the Small Business Administration. We're here to help you. Give us a call. Um, more information will be uh, divulged throughout this presentation. I'd like to turn it over to Shelly Brown to give you the presentation at this time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you, Mercedes, and welcome everybody to the New Mexico District Office webinar. This morning we're going to be going over, as Ivan mentioned, we went over the local resources that are available and um, 
don't discount the fact that um, the New Mexico District Office is also one of your local resources and I'll have contact information in the end for that. We're going to go over the payment payroll protection program, the economic injury disaster loan, uh, the economic injury disaster target advance, the shuttered venue operator grant, and then we're going to go into a lot of detail about the restaurant revitalization fund. So the economic aid programming that's available is we have the loan programs in the blue, the payment protection program, also known as PPP, debt relief on SBA, current SBA loans, 504 loans or micro loans, the idle, which is between uh, a loan program and also a grant program available. So the economic injury disaster loan, there is a loan for that. And then the target idle advance. The grant programs are is the idle. There, there's a grant on that. The shuttered venue operator grant and the restaurant revitalization fund. The SBA funding options, you have the idle loan. That is a direct loan from SBA. Um, it is to cover operating costs, has an interest rate of 3.75% if you are a business, 2.75% if you are a nonprofit. It is a 30-year loan, collateral may be required, and payments are deferred for 24 months. The, and the loan is not forgiven, so that is not a forgivable loan, that is not a grant. The PPP loan, pay, Payroll Protection Program, that is a lender loan, so you'd apply with the lender for that loan. 60% or more of those funds are used for payroll. 40% or less is used for expenses. You can use the full 100% for payroll if you choose to do so. No collateral is required on this. The loans can be 100% forgiven. For those that are not forgiven, the, the remaining balance, it carries a 1% interest rate on a five and a five year term. Then there's the loan forgiveness. So if you do receive a PPP loan, um, you you have you must apply for forgiveness. It is not automatic. SBA has three forms to apply for forgiveness. You would apply for forgiveness through the lender that issued your PPP loan. Always best to check with their website to see how they're um, accepting forgiveness applications. A lot of them are electronically online. Some are paper where you fill out the form and then you upload them. So the most common form that you would use is the 3508S. It's the simplest, the simplest form that we have available. Um, it's for borrowers with loan amounts of 150 or less. There's no calculations or documentations that you need to upload. You must certify that you operated under the PPP rules and you've used the funds for eligible expenses. The next form is a 3508 easy. It's a streamlined form. Um, if you did not reduce your hourly wages by more than 25% or the annual salaries, you did not reduce the number of employees or the average number of employees, and you were unable to operate to the same capacity to, due to compliance of the COVID issues. And then the longest form is the 3508. That is um, a very lengthy form. There is a Schedule A that must be filled out. So double check that um, before you, you use the 3508 easy, um, double check that you may qualify for the 3508S. Approximately 86% of all loans will fall into that 3508S. You apply for your forgiveness on the PPP through the lender. The lender reviews it, submits it to SBA, and then SBA uh, sends the funds to the lender and they credit your account.
the idle the economic injury disaster loan there is some updates on this this loan was available last year and was due to expire the end of last year december 31st of 2020 that has been ex extended to december 31st of 2021 um, let me back up on the PPP. PPP is still accepting applications until May 31st of this year. Um, don't get that confused with the idle that is the end of this year. If you received an idle loan last year, SBA re uh, has increased the loan amount where there was a maximum loan amount of 150,000. That has been increased to 500,000. The way you calculate the loan amount is a six month economic injury maximum loan amount. That's what it was last year at a maxing at 150,000. Now we're using a 24 month economic injury um, impact to determine your loan amount and you can increase that up to 500,000. If you received a loan last year and you're interested in receiving receiving an increase on that, SBA will reach out to you directly, letting you know that you may qualify for an increase on your loan. So you don't have to um, resubmit a new application. You don't have to apply again. Um, and then deferment periods have been expanded for 24 months for loans made in 2020, and then 18 months for loans that are made in 2021. The new tar target idle advance. This is the grant portion of the idle. Um, this will balance out any idle advance to the full $10,000. So last year we gave um, up to a maximum of 10,000. It was 1,000 per employee up to a maximum of 10. So if you had three employees, you received 3,000. If you had 20 employees, the maximum you received was 10,000. If you fall into a low income community, suffered greater than a 30% economic loss and have 300 or fewer employees, you may qualify to receive that full $10,000. So if you received 3,000 last year, um, you may qualify for um, receiving the maximum up to 10,000, so uh, giving you an additional 7,000 in this case. Um, those who applied for the idle advance last year but did not receive it because the funding uh, ran out, uh, we will reach out to them at asking you if you are interested in applying for that to receive the full 10,000. Again, you must uh, be in a low income community, suffered greater than a 30% economic loss and have 300 employees. SBA will reach out to those who will qualify via email. So double check your email that it is sba.gov. If it's not sba.gov, it is not a valid email address from SBA. Also double check your junk, your junk or your spam to make sure that those emails did not fall into that. The new program that will be coming out is the grant program, the Shuttered Venue Operator Grant. The applications are not open yet. Uh, anybody that's interested in this will need to register on SAM.gov. Uh, to stay up to date on that, you go to sba.gov slash SVO grant, um, and then we'll have the information on what you'll need to apply. The eligible entities for that are live venue operators, theatrical producers, live performing arts organizations or motion picture theaters, relevant museum operators, zoos and aquariums, and talent representatives. You must be in operation as of February 29th, 2020. So the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, what is it? So in the, on the American Rescue Plan Act that President Biden uh, signed into law on March 11th, established the, uh, we're gonna call it the RRF, Restaurant Revitalization Fund. 
and appropriated $28.6 billion for the restaurant revitalization fund. The appropriations uh, will remain available until they've been expended and funds must be used for eligible uses no late, later than March 11th, 2023. So who is eligible? Eligible entities are restaurants, food stands, food trucks, food carts, caterers, bars, saloons, lounges, taverns, snacks and alcoholic beverage bars, which is like coffee shops and, and so forth, bakeries, on-site sales for those have to comprise of 33% of the gross receipts. Brew pubs, tasting rooms, tap rooms, breweries, microbreweries. Again, on-site sales to the public comprise of 33% of gross receipts. Wineries, distilleries, inns, which is on-site sales for food and beverage to the public. Licensed facilities or premises of, of uh, beverage alcohol producers where the public may taste, sample, or purchase products. Other similar places of business in which the public or patrons assemble for the primary purpose of being served food or drinks. All entities listed above that do not have an asterisk are presumed to have greater than a 33% on-site 2019 average sales. How much am I eligible for? SBA may provide, may provide funding up to $5 million per location, not to exceed $10 million uh, for the total applicant and their affiliate businesses. The minimum award on this grant would be $1,000. How is this program different from other SBA programs? Applicants do not need to be registered in the SAM.gov, the SVOG, the Shuttered Venue, uh, you do need to register for SAM.gov and you do need to register for DUNS. The Restaurant Revitalization Fund, you are not required to register at SAM nor require a DUNS number. Uh, valid, unexpired ITINs are acceptable. Um, every year or every few years, if you've not filed your taxes and you have an ITIN, you must get your ITIN updated. So if it's not updated, check with IRS.gov for that. Who is ineligible? Entities are ineligible if, if the following apply. The entity is a state or local government operated business. As of March 13, 2020, owns or operates together with any affiliates more than 20 locations, regardless of whether those locations do business under the same or different names or in different industries has pending applications for or has received a shutter venue operator grant, is a publicly traded company, is permanently closed, is a nonprofit organization, and is not eligible for funding of at least $1,000. Those are ineligible businesses. Who is eligible? C-Corps, S-Corps, partnerships, LLCs, sole proprietors, self-employed, independent contractors, tribal businesses, and LLCs based as S-Corps or sole proprietors. Franchises, who is eligible? Any business concern operating as a franchise and meeting all other program requirements is eligible. The franchise must be listed on the SBA franchise directory. SBA maintains a franchise directory on our website at sba.gov uh, franchise. It'll take you to the list. You must be on that list. Um, so you can look up your entity on that. 
for brands not listed on the, the directory, uh, the franchisor must submit the franchise disclosed document. So if they're not on our list, then we have to go, you have to go through the process of getting it approved by SBA by sending the franchise to franchise at sba.gov for review. Who is eligible? So if you have a bankruptcy, applicants that are operating under an approved plan of reorganization of chapter 11, 12, or 13 bankruptcy and meet all the requirements are eligible for funding. An applicant is not eligible if they're permanently closed, filed chapter seven liquidation bankruptcy, or filed for either a chapter seven, chapter 11, 12, 13 bankruptcy, but is not under an approved reorganization plan. Permanently closed um, does not include businesses who temporarily close their doors due to state or local restrictions or pandemic causes, but are still in operation or have reopened. How do other SBA loan programs um, impact the RRF? The Paycheck Protection Program, any funds already used through the PPP loan will be subtracted from the applicant's final funding amount. Applicants verified by using their EIN, ITIN, or SSN associated with the PPP loan. If the, if the applicant received a PPP loan, the applicant must use the same EIN number for its RRF application that it used for its PPP application. If an applicant applied for the first draw PPP loan for multiple locations under one EIN, and then applied for the second draw under a different EIN, the applicant must provide the EINs for each entity that received a second draw PPP loan. Upon, upon applying for the RRF, the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, applicants must withdraw any outstanding PPP application. The applicant must not have a pending application or have received a Shutter Venue Operator Grant from SBA. You cannot receive the, S, the Shutter Venue Operator Grant and the RRF. So if you have, if you have applied for the Shuttered Venue Operator Grant, you will not be eligible to apply for the RRF. Uh, all applicants must certify that the, the current economic uncertainty makes the funding request necessary to support the ongoing or anticipated um, operation of their business. So who is it eligible to use the funds or what are the eligible um, uses of funds? So business expenses, you can use it for payroll costs, including sick leave, utility payments, maintenance expenses, business supplies, which of course include the uh, protective equipment and the cleaning materials, business food, uh, business food and beverages expenses, including raw materials, covered supply costs, and business operating expenses, such as insurance, marketing fees, licensing, legal, and point of sale equipment. Construction expenses, you can use that for to um, for construction of outdoor seating or um, at, uh, let's say you needed to uh, include something along the line as putting some uh, outdoor, uh, an outdoor venue where you have protection, you can use it for that, but you cannot use it to expand your, your business or to expand the location. Uh, business debt payments on any business mortgage obligation, both principal and interest. 
and but you cannot prepay. You cannot prepay your loans. You can't pay them down. You cannot pay them off. And business debt, um, you can use it for that. This does not include prepayment of any principal or interest as well. When do you have to use the funds? The funds can be sp spent on expenses that were or incurred before February 15th and uh, 2020 and March 11th of 2023. If the business permanently closes after receiving the funds, the covered period will end when the business permanently closes um, or um, March 11th, 2023, whichever occurs sooner. Any funds non, not spent on eligible expenses by the time the covered period ends must be returned to the government. So if you receive the funds and then you close your doors and you still have the remaining funds left, you must return that money to the government. Uh, when do I need, uh, when do I have to use the funds? The, so the use of funds after the total awarded funds have been exhausted, entities must provide a detailed expenditure report and certification to SBA until the applicant completes the use of fund assessments beginning December 2021. Applicants are required to provide self-reported unaudited data detailing the use of dis, 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 <laughs> distributed funds for each year through 2023. SBA will provide additional guidance that outlines the detailing program requirements and procedures in the upcoming weeks. As of now, applications are not being accepted on this program. This is just an overview of what will be coming. How do I calculate the amount that you'll receive? Uh, one, applicants in operation prior to or on January 1st of 2019, you will gather your 2019 gross receipts minus your 2020 gross receipts minus the PPP loan amounts. Calculation two, this is for applicants who began operation partially in 2019. So you decided to open a business in 2019, but you still had to get things rolling, maybe, maybe um, get things in place before you can open your business. Um, average 2019 monthly gross receipts times uh, 12, minus your 2020 gross receipts, minus any PPP loan amounts. Applicants that began operations partially in 2019 may choose to use the calculation two or calculation three, which is coming up. However, calculation three will be required a longer processing time. So keep that in mind. Calculation three, that's for applicants that began operation on or before January 1st, 2020 and March 10th, 2021 and applicants not yet opened or have um, have incurred eligibility expenses as of March 11th, 2021. So again, that would be maybe a restaurant that had opened, but they're preparing to open the doors and then uh, were unable to do so. Total amount ex uh, spent on eligible expenses between February 15th, 2020 and March 11th, 2021 minus the 2020 gross receipts minus the PPP loan amounts. Applicants that began operations partially in 2019 may choose to use calculation two or three. Again, calculation three will take a longer processing time. 
what can I exclude from my 2020 gross receipts? So when you provide that and you do the math on that and you subtract the expenses on that 2020, do not include any of the following in your 2020 gross receipts. Your PPP loan, don't, don't um, exclude that. Or what can I exclude that you can, do not include any of the following in the gross receipts. Because again, remember you're gonna subtract that out. Uh, the SBA section 112 payments. That's the CARES Act. If you had a 7A loan, a 504 loan, um, and SBA made those payments on your behalf, um, that is what section 1112, 11, 12 payments are. The SBA economic disaster loan, which is the EIDL, the EIDL target advance, um, and any other grants uh, funds received in the CARES Act. Any state or local business grants, and then uh, the Randolph Shepherd Act financial relief and restoration payments. So you do not include any of those in your gross receipts. How do I apply? Directly through our platform, which will be a restaurants.sba.gov. Again, there is a sample application on that website, um, but there is, the applications are not available. You will be able to apply through a point of sale vendor and SBA is currently um, working with some providers at this point or through the telephone, um, which you can take that application. I, I don't know who would actually do that in this day and age, but it would be available. What documents do I need in order to apply? You're going to fill out the application, which is application form 3172, completed, initialed, and signed. Um, verification of all tax information. You'll need a 4506T. That is the IRS form. Uh, the IRS form 4506T allows SBA to obtain the tax, tax returns that you had filed. You need to complete that and sign by the applicant. Uh, the gross receipts documentation, any of the following documents demonstrating gross receipts, uh, business tax returns, IRS form 1040 Schedule C or Schedule F, partnerships, you need your 1065, including your K-1s, bank statements, external or internal uh, prepared financial statements such as income, uh, P&Ls, uh, or point of sale reports, including the IRS 1099-Ks. What documents do I need to, in order to apply? Again, you, the, what is required is your application form 3172, the IRS form 4506 2019 gross receipts on your tax returns, your three months bank statements. That is required. What we prefer as well is your 2020 federal tax filed and your 2020 gross receipts. What we'll accept is a 2020 gross receipts point of sale report and externally or internally prepared financial statements. That's for calculations one and two. Calculations three, what is required, again, 3172 form, which is a, the SBA form, IRS 4506T, three months bank, bank statements. Preferred as well is the eligible uh, expenses, um, external or internal prepared financial statements, 2020 gross receipts, on your tax returns and 2020 gross receipts for the SBA restaurant partner point of sale. And accepted is a 2020 gross receipts point of sale report and external or internal statements, P&Ls dated and signed. Uh, what documents do I need? For all applicants that are brew pub, tasting room, tap room, brewery, winery, distillery, or bakery, documents, 
evidencing that the on-site sales to the public comprise of 33% of the gross receipts for 2019, which may include tax and trade bureau forms, state and local forms, internally created forms, inventory management, sales reports, and accounting software. For businesses that opened in 2020, the applicant's original business model should have um, at least 33% of the gross receipts on on-sales to the public. For applicants that are an in, documents evidencing that the on-site sales food and beverages to the public comprise of 33% of gross receipts. How do I get help for applying? You can call the, the hotline at 844-279-8898. Again, you can contact us, local SBA district office. Um, you, but I, and you can also contact one of our resource partners, which Ivan mentioned at the beginning of this. Best practices, provide complete documentation. Applicants with incomplete documentation will be rejected. The review process will restart when, you when the complete documentation is provided. We receive a lot of applications where there's just missing information. One, their bank account information is incorrect. Double check that because the funds will be going through your bank account via ACH. So double check your bank account information. Double check all your zeros. A lot of times your cost of goods, there's, there's maybe a number missing, a zero missing, which throws everything off. So double check everything before you hit send. It is far easier to double check everything up front than it is to go back and correct everything. Uh, leverage your resources. While not required, the use of CPAs or other accounting professionals may ensure the, the complete and well-documented application. So if you send in a partial application and you continue just try to send in piece by piece, again, it will be rejected until everything is there. So make sure you have everything up front and ready to upload and everything is correct before you hit send. Application corrections, SBA will not be able to make corrections on behalf of your, the applicant. So if you contact us and let us know, hey, I made a mistake, uh, we're not gonna correct that for you. Applicants who still intend to apply for a PPP, so the uh, Restaurant Revitalization Fund applicants are advised to complete their PPP application in advance. So if you're on the fence and applying for a PPP loan and because you're interested in this, we highly encourage you to apply for that PPP loan now since, since we're coming up to the expiration date, which is May 31st. We do not know when these applications for the restaurant revitalization funds will, will when we'll be starting accepting them. So if you're on the fence on the PPP, um, you should get that rolling now. So when can you apply? We're gonna have a pilot period. The pilot period is for participants will be randomly selected from existing PPP borrowers who self-identified as members of the RRF priority group. Um, and then I'll go into who the priority group is. Pilot participants will not receive funds until the RRF is open to the public in the application launch. The priority period, which will be the day one to day 21 during that time. During the 21 day initial priority period, SBA will accept applications um, for eligible applicants that are owned by women, veterans, and socially and economic disadvantaged applicants and will be funded during this period. 
So the first 21 day period will be set aside for applicants and in, in uh, again, women, veterans and socially economic disadvantaged. On day 22, all eligible applic applications will be processed and funded until the funds are exhausted. Uh, what are the priority groups? As I mentioned, women, veterans and socially economic disadvantaged. Applicants much, must self-certified on the application that they meet these requirements. For example, an, an applicant has five owners of which have each owned 20% of the applicant, of five owners who have 20%. Two owners are veterans, one owner is social and economically dis disadvantaged individual. SBA will consider this applicant to meet the requirements if at least 51% of the applicant is owned by this priority group. So in this instance, you had two, you have a total of five owners. So you have two that are veterans and one that's socially disadvantaged. They all have 20%. So that's 60%. They exceed the 51% um, in this group. So they would, they would be in that first uh, one to 21 day priority. Socially disadvantaged individuals are those who are, who are subject to racial and ethnic prejudice or culture biases because of their identity as a member of the group without regard to their individual qualities. Individuals who are members of the following groups are presumed to be socially disadvantaged. Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Native Americans, which include Alaskan and, and Native Hawaiians, uh, Asian Pacific Americans, and some continent Asian Americans. Economically disadvantaged individuals are those who are socially disadvantaged individuals whose ability to compete in the free enterprise system has been impaired due to the diminished capital and credit opportunities as compared to others in the same business area who are not socially disadvantaged. That was a mouthful, right? Um, eligibility as a, pri a priority group. Uh, entity reorganization for purposes of qualifications for the priority period will result in an automatic disqualification of the award. Funding set aside. $5 billion is set aside for applicants in the 2019 gross receipts, if not, if not more than 500,000. An additional $4 billion is set aside for applicants with the 2019 gross receipts from half a million to 1.5 million. And then an additional 500 million is set aside for applicants with 2019 gross receipts of not more than 50,000. And SBA re reserves the right to reallocate these funds um, at the discretion of our administrator. Here's a cross program eligibility. Um, for the PPP recipient, you'll be able to look at the different venues and see where, where you're um, eligible. So the PPP, um, of course, you're eligible for the first and second draw as a PPP. And then are you eligible to apply for the um, shuttered venue grant? So you can apply for that. And same with the idle, you may apply for that. And then um, the restaurant revitalization, it'll be subtracted from that. The shuttered venue operator, you can't, you may not apply for the PPP after receiving the shuttered venue operator grant. So if you received it prior to, then it will be subtracted out, but you cannot receive one after the fact. Um, you may be eligible to receive additional or supplemental SVOG award. Um, a shuttered venue operator grant recipient may apply for the idle. 
but cannot be used for the same purposes in the cost. And then the shuttered venue operator grant, um, if you have a pending application for or received a shuttered venue operator grant, you are not eligible to receive an RRF. The COVID idle recipient, you can apply for the PPP, but you cannot use um, for the same purposes, the same, the same funds. You may apply for the SVOG, but you cannot be used for, again, the same amount. And the loan business, the, for the um, COVID idle recipient, um, same business, you cannot apply again. So you apply once for your idle. If you received an idle or you have an application out there, you may apply for the RRF as well. An RRF recipient, you can apply for the PPP, um, but you cannot apply for, cannot apply for the shuttered venue operator grant. You may apply for the idle and of course the RRF. It's very important to stay connected because changes on this happen, happen daily, weekly. So to do that, you can subscribe to our newsletter at sba.gov updates, put in your zip code, and anytime we have any updates, um, you will receive the information on that. We do uh, trainings uh, every week, and um, we have those out for the next five weeks so far. If you follow Twitter, you can follow us at sba.gov or at our New Mexico at SBA underscore New Mexico. To reach us directly, you can email us at New Mexico underscore DO, DO is for district office, at SBA.gov. So New Mexico underscore DO at SBA.gov. You can call us at 505-248-8225. This is a call messaging system, so you will need to leave a voicemail with your contact information and we will call you back. We check that daily throughout the day. To stay up to date on any of the programs, we have sba.gov slash coronavirus relief. That's for all economic aid options. For the PPP, sba.gov slash PPP. For the shuttered venue operator grant, sba.gov slash SVO grant. And for the restaurant revitalization fund, uh, sba.gov slash RRF. So again, this is our contact information for the New Mexico District Office, 248-8225. Our website at sba.gov nm. You can also find our resource partners that, that Ivan had mentioned uh, earlier in this, in this presentation. And our email address, New Mexico underscore DO. So at this point, I will send it back to uh, Mercedes. And if we have any questions, we can answer. If there are specific questions to the IRF, and qualifications, we will not be able to, to answer those simply because the applications are not being accepted at this point and more information is coming out. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Ivan. Um, lots of good information today. Um, so now we're gonna move on to our question and answer session of our presentation. Our first question is, can a nonprofit that owns a food truck apply? Um, no, nonprofits are not eligible for the RRF. Nonprofits are eligible for the PPP and the IDLE. Okay, thank you. Next question is, after the SBA sends out an invitation to apply for the IDLE, what is the length of time I have to apply? I don't know that there is uh, an expiration on there, but if you do receive it, you, you can apply for the increase on that and um, 
and then the wheel process that you don't have to accept it. If down the road things are, are looking good, you don't need to that higher loan amount, you can decline that higher loan amount. Okay, uh, next question. What does report and certification mean for the expenditure for the RRF? The RRF we're still working through. I highly suggest that you go to sba.gov slash RRF. There's frequently asked questions in there. There's a sample application, so you'd want to review that. Okay, thank you. Next question is, is RRF funded by a lender or SBA? That is SBA directly. So the, let, let me, let's clarify that. The RRF is SBA directly. The SBOG is the grant. You have to go through the process of the of the grant. The idle is direct. Both the idle advance and the idle loan is direct from SBA. The PPP round one and two is through the lender. You do if you're applying for round two, you do not have to use the same lender as you used for round one. So PPP lender, idle SBA, RRF SBA. And then the shuttered venue operator grant is um, through a, a loan as through a grant portal. Okay, thank you. Next question is when are they estimating that the RRF will be activated? We do not have a target date yet, but um, in a few weeks. Okay, thank you. Next question. What program can be used for hairdressers other than PPP and IDLE? It would be PPP and IDLE as far as SBA funding. You can also get a, um, a loan through a lender, a 7A, let's say it's a 7A loan, um, which is an SBA backed loan. If the, if the lender issues that loan, SBA will make three months payments on your behalf. So if you take out a new loan, let's say a line of credit, um, SBA will make your three months, three payments for you. Okay, great. Next question. For the RRF, when submitting the tax return, does it have to be 2020 or can it be 2019? Uh, again, look at the website um, on what you'll need to submit on each one. Okay, next question. Can a restaurant use RRF to pay past due rent? That I'm not 100% sure on. You may want to look at the frequently asked questions since it hasn't rolled out yet. And um, as questions come in, we update the frequently asked questions. Um, I don't know how often we're updating those, but continue to look at continue to look at that site. Okay. Um, the next question is: If I received an invitation to apply for an idol, how long before they fund it? If it is the idol loan, we still have to process all the documentation on that, so we don't have the. We don't have a time frame on that. If it is the idle advance, um, we say 21 days. It, it could be a little bit longer than that. We try to get it out by 21 days. Okay, thank you. Next question is, we have been in the process of opening a restaurant since August of 2020. We finalized purchasing our franchise on March 1st 
2021 and opened April 1 of 2021. Is my restaurant eligible for a PPP loan? For if they opened in 2020, if their business, if they were in business prior to February 15th of 2020, they can receive round one of PPP. More than likely, they wouldn't be eligible for round two since you have to have a loss. Great. Um, next question, does the RRF have to be paid back? The RRF is a grant. Okay, this question is, I missed it. When does the SBOG open? We don't have a date on that. It did open, but um, we were inundated and it crashed the system. So now we're working on uh, correcting all of that. So hopefully soon, but we don't have an actual date as of yet. So continue to check that website at sba.gov slash SBO ground. Okay, our next question is, when is the PPP second row loan available for a PPP first row loan taken in 2021? You're allowed to apply. Your cover periods cannot overlap, however, but you're eligible to apply. You certify that you use the funds. Okay. Um, can hotels apply that have a restaurant on the property? Uh, the, the, I, I believe so, but again, you'll need to look at the application um, and it depends on what person I think, but I, I don't, we don't have answers on this yet. Um, if 33% is comprised from that restaurant and does it have a separate EIN? So there's a lot of questions on that one. That one I just direct back to the website and the frequently asked questions as well as that. This. There's a sample application that has the information on there. Again, it's a sample. So as we're, we're uh, fine tuning it, but that gives a good indication of what they're going to require. Okay, thank you. Next question is, can you provide the remaining funds available for the PPP loans? Um, as of now, it looks as though there's about 50 billion, five B with a B billion dollars left. And again, the, the date on that to apply is May 31st. However, the lender will still have 30 days after that to process those loans. So um, the sooner the better, because if you, if you put your loan application in with the lender on the last day and they are still unable to upload it to our system, um, it may not get processed. Okay, great. Next question is, if people that received idle loans and had to go through reconsideration, are these recipients invitations taking longer than those that did not go through a reconsideration? Um, that I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. There's, uh, the processing is generally the same. Anybody that had applied last year and we're asking them if they want an increase. If you're already in there for a reconsideration, it's being processed. Okay, thank you. Next question is if an idle loan 
if I have an idle loan and then apply for a PPP loan, what expenses are considered duplicate expenses? Using them for the same purpose. So you you would, if you have the idle, you'd want to use that for operating costs. The PPP is, um, it was created to assist in making payroll and paying payroll. So I have a lot of, of customers that use their PPP 100% for payroll and then the idle for operating costs. That way it's separate. So you don't want to overlap the, the same costs. Okay. So we don't have any more questions um, in the chat box. However, it does take a couple of seconds for the questions to come through. If in the event after the presentation, if you continue to have questions, please feel free to either call us at the number provided on the screen, 505-248-8225, or you can also email us and we will get you an answer. Also, if you asked us a question during the presentation and we weren't able to get to it through our question and answer session because the webinar ended, we will get you an answer as well. So um, we'll work diligently to get everybody an answer to their question if it's if um, we miss your question. Um, also, while we're waiting for other questions to come through, um, I want to just let everybody know we will be presenting this webinar again next Thursday at 1 o'clock p.m. So please feel free to join us. I know things are changing daily and um, every time we have a webinar, we try to inform you of the latest updates. So we would love for you to join us again. Um, I will be, Michelle and I will be um, putting the information on our Twitter page so um, you can get it there. And we also, um, send um, email blasts through our Gov Delivery um, program that we have. So if you want to receive those emails, you can sign up at sba.gov forward slash forward slash updates and you will um, definitely stay in the loop with what we have going on. We will be doing these webinars through the middle of May, so um, you're welcome to join us each time we have a webinar. And again, we'll be um, We'll be promoting those through our Twitter um, page and through our um, email blasts. OK, so we have another question and the question is, is PPP subtracted from gross receipt for the RRF no matter the status of the PPP forgiven or not? It's it's not subtracted from the gross receipts. The PPP will be subtracted from the RRF amount. Okay, well, it doesn't look like we have any more questions, but again, if you do have a question and it still hasn't come through, we will um, get in touch with you to um, get you an answer, or you can also email us, um, like I said previously. But So I just want to thank you all for joining us today. Uh, we're grateful for all small businesses and their impact on our economy, and we are working diligently to keep you all updated with any changes that come our way. Um, again, please join us next week at uh, 1 o'clock, April the 29th at 1 o'clock. And um, please feel free to share the information with others if you feel that they will also benefit from the information that we provide. And thank you again for joining us and have a wonderful rest of your day.